Hey, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the show. Got a good one tonight. I am going to be talking first to Ethan Noble, who's going to be debunking one of the latest anti-vaping junk science studies that was published in Tobacco Control. Going to have Tony on. Tony's from Utah. Tony's mad. Tony is mad at the Utah Vapors, and he's going to be on to tell you why. So we'll hear his side of the story. Uh, other tidbits, but what I'd like to do getting started this evening is, I'm well, let's just start. I think I'm pretty good at sussing people out. I think I'm pretty good at shrinking people, so to speak. I got a psychology background. Sometimes it's fun to use it. I can usually kind of, I'm, I'm, I'd say 95% of the time when I meet somebody, if I get a good look in their eyes and I listen to them for 10 seconds, I've usually got them nailed. If I can talk to them for a minute, I think that goes up to 98%. So, and I know all their problems. I know all their faults. But one thing I don't know what I'm not good at is doing the same thing to myself. And I think most people aren't either. They're just not aware of it. So I'm going to ask you all for your help tonight I want you to shrink me and the way I'm going to do that is I'm going to tell you about a reoccurring dream that I've been having over the past couple weeks I didn't think much of it at first but it kept happening over and over again and I don't know what it means there you may jump to a simple explanation but I think that might be wrong so anyway like I said a couple weeks ago I started having this dream and it's extremely pleasant. I have been enjoying it. I don't remember much in the way of dialogue from the dream, but the imagery is uh, powerful and consistent and re repetitive. Like I said, it's pretty nice. Basically, the dream is about a woman. I've never seen this woman before. And um, for those of you who don't know me that well, well, what does she look like? She's um, average height, maybe a little bit short, I'd say five foot four, five foot five. Usually I like tall women. Short brown hair and very simple, just uh, kind of goes backwards and curls around. The back of her head hangs just above her, her shoulders. Um, it's brown and straight. Usually I like redheads or blondes with kind of, you know, crazy hairstyles. She has brown eyes. I usually prefer blue or green. She has high cheekbones. I like that. And a rather tan skin. Usually, that's not my thing either. No tattoos. No piercings except two very simple, small diamond earrings. Little, you know, little studs. And a beautiful smile. And a fairly thin thin um her lips are fairly thin and and well lips don't tan but they're they're darker than the normal and you know she doesn't she doesn't wear uh, lipstick she doesn't appear to wear any makeup except for some reason her toenails are painted um not like a bright pink but um i don't know just a it's, it's like a dull pink. But otherwise, she doesn't appear to wear any makeup at all. 
So the dream goes like this, and I don't know what her name is, but I don't know. She kind of looks like a Monique, I guess. But like I said, there's really no dialogue that I can remember very much in the dream. I remember laughing. She has a, she has like a very, she, she looks down and closes her eyes and giggles a lot when I make her laugh. So we meet, it definitely takes place here in New York where I live. I don't know exactly where, um, but some of the details suggest that it's not where I live, but it, it does appear to be Manhattan. So we meet in a park. I'm not sure which one. I know all the parks, and I I can't remember any distinguish, distinguishing features that would suggest that's any one particular park. So I'm not sure which one. We meet, and we're sitting on a, a brick wall with like a, a concrete top to it, and uh, we're talking. That's usually how it begins. So we talk. Again, I, I remember no specific dialogue, but we're having a very pleasant conversation. She's smiling a lot. Um, the subject of getting dinner comes up. So I decide that I, I offer to cook her dinner. And she accepts. Um, I don't remember any going to the supermarket, but I apparently have steak on me. I, I, I just have the steak, I guess. I don't. Don't ask. I'll steak something. I love steak. So that's something I generally like all the time. When we go, now we go to her, it's certainly not my apartment. We go to her apartment and it can't possibly be a building in my neighborhood because this building, we walk into a large lobby with a lot of marble, a desk at the front, with a with a dude who's the uh you know the, the the doorman the door guy whatever and the elevator is a very modern elevator and it has a lot of floors she lives on the 17th floor it's a new elevator shiny buttons that illuminate there are no there are almost no buildings at all in my neighborhood that have elevators because it's all old tenement buildings and the most you can have with rare exception the tallest a building can be is six floors so generally, buildings that short don't have elevators, and if they do, they're like the real old ones that have, you know, the push buttons and, you know, just old elevators. You know, they got the door that opens up first, and, but even those are rare. The only buildings that are tall are the projects, and there were there's a, a couple of hotels that got exempt, but generally no apartment buildings have um, have elevators, so... She lives in a, a modern building, not here. Now she's wearing, when we, when we get to her apartment, I, I, I cook the steak, we eat steak, drinking red wine. I rarely drink red wine anymore. If I drink, it's either whiskey or beer. So red wine's not something I generally like, but I don't know, maybe it suits the occasion, right? After dinner, we're talking and laughing, and she has a, or she's wearing a sweater, and it's, um, it's a, it's a, it's a fairly simple sweater. It's very thick. Um, it's a kind of black and off-white, almost like a salt and pepper 
uh, type of uh, color. And it's um, it has thick, uh, it appears to be wool, but it doesn't feel like wool. And I can remember how everything feels also um, as, as, as it relates to her. And uh, it, it feels it feels very thick and plush. It, it looks like very thick wool because they're, they're like rows, like a row of black and a row of, of gray. And um, it looks like wool, but it doesn't feel like wool. It feels much softer, much silkier, but it, it looks like thick wool. She, at this point in the apartment, she's, you know, she might be wearing like a short skirt or, or, or shorts even, but you can't tell because the, the sweater is quite long and it goes down almost to her knees. And she's not wearing any socks or shoes, which is how I know that her toenails are painted that dull shade of pink. And then I brush her cheek with the, the back of my hand, the back of my fingers. I remember that. And she laughs and looks down and giggles. And then we talk more and then we're on the couch and then I'm running my hand from just above her knee down her leg. And that feels even smoother. There's no sex. Um, there's no kissing even. There's just that. That's pretty much the dream every time. So I don't know what it means. I've been enjoying it, though. I really, I really like it. I... It's almost, it's kind of like um, I have some sort of imaginary girlfriend, right? Except it's not a volitional type of imagination that I'm having. It's not a daydream. It's a dream. I really have no control over what I dream and what I don't. Like I said, I've got a degree in psychology. I've been told all the different, now, depending on what school you, you, you ascribe to, that the dreams are either meaningless or, you know, the Freudians think they have the great meaning. Um, I'm not really sure, but I don't remember really having any recurring dreams. The only time I've actually had anything resembling um, recurrent dreams is when uh, way back a long time ago when I tried the, the patch to quit smoking, I would have, um, the dreams would be different, but they would be consistently violent and disturbing and vivid and really fucking scary. Other than that, uh, I've never had recurring dreams before. So this is brand new. A brand new imaginary girlfriend or, you know, one that just visits me when I'm asleep. I have no evidence, no recollection that I've ever seen this woman before. And like I said, while she's beautiful, and if I were to see a woman that looked exactly like that, like in you know in the flesh, I would think she was beautiful. But it's not generally what I seek out. So that's pretty much it. Um, feel free to shrink me. You can get a hold of me any way you want. I'm interested in what, in what you think. Probably the easiest way is clickbangradio at gmail.com. Let's start the show.
What's going on, everybody? Okay. Have fun with that, everybody. I'm having fun with it. I love it. I go to bed just about every night, see a beautiful woman, and best of all, it's free. Can't beat it. Hey, Ethan, if you're uh, listening, please call in. We're going to start with your topic, okay? So while we wait for Ethan to call in, let's see. Um, let me pull up the study here. Ethan contacted me, and he said he wanted to talk about this. Now, this is uh, this is something that was published in the uh, Journal of Tobacco Control. They were looking at, um, what were they looking at? They were looking at flavors in electronic cigarette liquids. What I'm going to do real quick... Well, here, here's the link for you guys, and I'll put this in the replay notes as well. Whoa. I did not mean to do that. All right. Let's put this link in here for you guys. There we go. So you guys can have a look at it, and Ethan's going to explain it to us. I'm going to just quickly go through the abstract before I bring Ethan on. Um, abstract background. Most e-cigarette liquids contain flavor chemicals, flavor chemicals certified. Um certified as safe for ingesting by the Flavor Extracts Manufacturers Association may not be safe for use in e-cigarettes. This study identified and measured flavor chemicals in 30 e-cigarette fluids. Method. Two brands of single-use e-cigarettes were selected and their fluids in multiple flavor types analyzed by, by gas chromatography and mass spectrometry. For the same flavor types and for selected confectionery flavors, for example, bubblegum and cotton candy, they were also analyzed, uh, as were the convenience, sample, convenience samples of e-cigarette fluids in refill bottles from local vape shops and online retailers. Results. In many liquids, total flavor chemicals were found to be in the 1 to 4% range, um, or 10 to 40 milligrams per milliliter. Labeled levels of nicotine were in the range of 0.6 to 2.4%. A significant number of the flavor chemicals were aldehydes, a compound class recognized as primary irritants of mucosal tissue of the respiratory tract. Many of the products contained the same flavor chemicals. Vanillin and or ethylvanillin was found in 17 of the liquids as one of the top three flavor chemicals um, Conclusions, the concentrates of some flavor chemicals in e-cigarette fluids are sufficiently high for inhalation exposure by vaping to be of toxicological concern. Regulatory limits should be, complement, uh, should be contemplated for levels of some of the more worrisome chemicals as well as for total flavor chemical levels. Ingredient labeling should also be, requi uh, should also be required. So as you can see, just from the abstract, this is um, some science that suggests that the flavors being used are bad for us, bad for our lungs. So 
I read that. I didn't read much more because, like I said, Ethan is smarter than me, so he'll help me with the analysis. Hold on. Let me bring him on here. Okay, Ethan, are you there, sir? Yeah, man. What's going on? Hey, how's it going, Ethan? Welcome to the show. It's going pretty good. Uh, yeah, you said you said I was smarter than you. I'm not. I'm not really sure about that. It. If you if you take a look at this full study here, um, well, hold it's, on. It's really you, not that hard to pick it apart. Well, maybe you're right. But before we do that, um, you know, ever since I started taking interest in the subjects of uh, diacetyl and acetylpropanol in e-liquid, I noticed that you are one of the most, um, well, you, you seem to take great interest in the subject. And I've seen some of your videos and some of the writing that you do on it. And the reason why I say you're smarter than me is because you, well, you at least seem to have a greater understanding of chemistry than me. But before we get into that, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, tell people a little bit about yourself and, uh, you know, your you know, what's your interest in, in the subject? Well, I'm, uh, my name's Ethan Knable. I, I love vaping. I'm relatively young, honestly. I got out of smoking pretty early, and I got into vaping, and because I'm also a cheapskate, I started making my own juice. And, you know, I, I have a background in science, but, you know, no degrees or fancy or anything like that to, <laughs> to back it up. Nothing, nothing really uh, prestigious there. But, uh, I knew that deep down there would probably be something to avoid in flavoring compounds. And so as I learned about these, these uh, diketones, uh, diacetyl and acetylpropanol, I, uh, I just did all the research I could and started putting everything together. And, you know, when I got to a certain point where I could make flavors that didn't contain them and I could get them tested and prove it, I, uh, I partnered up with a, with a buddy of mine and we made a company out of it. Um, you can always go to thevapespace.com, and we have diacetyl and acetylpropanil. Uh, most of them are free of it. The ones that do contain it are in trace amounts that, you know, if you, if you read Farsliness's work and everything like that, you can find them there. And you can find me on YouTube. I, I do a, you know, a channel there. And, you know, uh, it's a great way to stay in shape. So, Ethan, so that's that's about me. Ethan, be sure to uh, just, you know, any relevant links that you have to your stuff. I'll be sure to put in the replay notes, so be sure to uh, send them to me after uh, after our conversation, please. I will do that, brother. Okay, so what what did you... So uh, if you want to get down to this study... Yeah, please, go go right ahead. Um, so this Pankow character, he's we'll actually remember him because you remember the formaldehyde thing a while back that got screwed up? He, uh, he's the one that riled up that shitstorm. And uh, he was the one that, you know, did the, did the study that found when you overheat a CE4 clearomizer, you get formaldehyde. Yeah, I, I, and, I remember, I mean, I remember this, that study. And didn't he, so it, it got used and abused in major, you know, mainstream media. And didn't he actually come out on the record and say that his results were misinterpreted and, and he spoke negatively of the way that, am I, is that the same guy? You know what? Honestly, I'm not sure if he came out and he he chastised them for doing that because I mean, when I looked at his his analysis, his abstract, he was like, you know, we found a lot of formaldehyde when we you know hit it at five volts, and and when you look at his actual findings, it wasn't formaldehyde at all. And Farsalino's point this out, it was hemiacetals, mm -hmm. and there's a big difference between the 
the gaseous state aldehydes or uh, the pre-gaseous state aldehydes they're bonded with alcohol and formaldehyde you know uh but hopefully he did come out and, and say something like that yeah i think he did but even better farsalinos came out with a study after that that showed that you know, when vapors actually tried to vape at that level, they'd immediately stop because it, it, it wasn't pleasant. So it, it was, you know, the data that he collected was was pretty much irrelevant because nobody vapes like that. Nobody is going to hit that kind of a, a clearomizer with that kind of voltage because you just can't stand it, you know. And that once it was turned down to levels where they would actually use it at, that the formaldehydes were, were found to be, they weren't really present at all. Exactly, exactly. And and, you know, hopefully the same thing will happen with this study. I'm really glad to see that, you know, <laughs> the mainstream media and, and uh, I, I can't believe I fucking love science ran with that last one. I'm glad to see they haven't ran with this one. Um, because, you know, while it all sounds well and good and he does give, uh, he does pay lip service to Barcelinos' uh, diacetyl acetylpropanol studies in, in, the, uh, in the introduction, when you get down to the the results it's it, something that the the uh line of thinking of economics has taught me is you don't want to over aggregate information you know whenever you over aggregate it you always end up getting it simplified to a point where it means nothing and and so he he mentioned how he measured vanillin ethyl maltol and a whole bunch of uh, other sweeteners but when you get down into his findings he just puts um you know, down there on the x-axis, uh, milligram to milliliter, milligram per milliliter, and then on the y-axis, number of liquids that, you know, contain certain quantities of these, these aldehyde-containing sweeteners. And it doesn't show each specific one because, you know, there's a different uh, exposure safety limit for vanillin versus ethyl maltol. So that's his first ding that I'm going to peg him with. It's like, well, it's really hard for me to be honest and, and for you to be honest with this information if you don't do that. The next thing you notice is how the information is dispersed. So whenever you, you look at the milligram per milliliter, you've got five categories. You've got 0 to 10, 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50. 17 out of the 30 samples are sitting in the 0 to 10 range. The safe range, essentially. You've got 11 sitting in the 10 to 30 area, and you've got two that are sitting in the 30 to 50. And, you know, those are going to be unsafe. But if you, if you think about it, in his own assessment, when he comes down to the discussion about what he found, he's like, you know, he uses vanillin. And he says the workplace exposure limit is 60 or 67 milligrams a day, roughly. Well, if I take the median, you know, I, I line up all your findings and I find the middle value. The middle value comes in in the 0 to 10 milligrams per milliliter range. Safe. You're far below the workplace exposure limit. Mm -hmm. But what he does instead is he takes the highest values the 30 to 40, the 40 to 50 ranges. And so that's less than 6% of your small sample size already. So that's, that's pretty absurd to do that right there. And it's not exactly a, uh, an objective way to look at information. I mean, if it was an objective analysis of what he found, he'd go like, well, 
most of the samples were were safe. You know, honestly, the the median finding was safe. That's what people tend to do. They take the middle value. You know, if it's not the median, it's the mean. And what he did, though, is he took the, the standard deviations over. It's actually two standard deviations over. And, and that's just, that's not science, brah. That's not how we do things. So if, that's, if those are the methods, and it makes total sense to me why that, you know, makes it junk science when you're just taking the outliers and drawing the conclusion from that, not from the majority of the data that you collected, that's, that's bad science. Why was this, this was... Um, this was this was supposedly peer reviewed. How did it get published if he used such a poor uh, data analysis? Well, you know, I I can't really say. You know, I don't I don't have anybody to throw under the, under the bus per se. But what I what I've noticed in my time, you know, like reading, I've read through more studies in the past two years than all my time during school. You know, <laughs> so I look at it and I go like the amount of stuff that actually gets past um, peer review is kind of absurd. <laughs> you know, like, they, they don't really break it down. Maybe they had more information than, than he's given to the public. But, but even if that's the case, either way, that, that doesn't really help their cause at all. You know, like, if you're trying to make a compelling case and you're going to call for really strong prescriptions that I'll get to in a second, you put out all the information, you make it transparent, and you stand by it. If you don't, it's, it's very shady. It's like companies, I don't know who would do this, like companies claiming, you know, we're diacetyl and acetylpropanol free, but, you know, like, yeah, we don't have tests. Right. But, um, you know, when he goes at the end and he calls for regulatory actions, he's like, regulatory actions should be considered including requiring ingredient identification, limiting levels of individual flavor chemicals, and limiting total levels of flavor chemicals. Well, you know, it's one thing to be ignorant of statistics, okay? It's, it's pretty dismal, okay? Um, it's, it's another thing to be ignorant of economics. That's perfectly fine. But then to have, like, a really loud and vociferous opinion and try and back those up, it, that's, that's just a fatal conceit that I can't deal with. Um, let's, let's look at this. So this, this guy probably doesn't understand the market. He probably doesn't understand markets, period. You know, if you think about the, uh, I don't, I don't know if, uh, I'll be deviating into a, a libertarian podcast here, but if you think about the, the already, level of already in Keynes, Keynesian econism, <laughs> econo Keynesian economics that run through, uh, the, the educated class, you know how that goes. Big fan of Austrian economics. Exactly, exactly. Um, I believe I was just, I was ripping off a Rothbard quote there. Yeah. But it, requiring ingredient identification. Okay, that's, that's fair. You know, I'm actually in the business, and when I go to talk to vendors, we have a, actually, they tend to ask me about sweeteners more than they ask me about diacetyl or acetylpropanol or other flavoring compounds. So that, that conversation's happening. But... I'll, I'll touch back on this one at the end because it, it's one of those things where it's kind of inconsequential even by his own findings. Like if we look at it and we go like, well, if the vast majority of your small sample size is 0 to 10, you know, uh, 0 to 10 milligrams per milliliter, then it's really not an issue. It's sort of like it's, it's a non-disclosure amount, um, even if regulatory commissions came in like they have in Canada. Um, limiting levels of some individual flavor chemicals. You know what else does that? 
uh, taste. I don't know if you guys have ever had juice that was oversweetened. Sure. I know I have. Oh, yeah. It, it tastes terrible. Mm-hmm. And, and so I'm looking at it, I'm going like, so, so what's doing that instead is consumer preference. Consumer preference comes in, and people are like, no, no, we don't want your shitty juice. Get the hell out of here. Um, limiting the total levels of flavor chemicals. Now, this is one I found extremely interesting because I was reading up above, and, and he was actually looking for a number of, like, what the average vapor vapes per day. And he, and he was on the forums. He was trawling the forums. And it kind of surprised me because he didn't go over to the DIY section where there's countless people arguing about how you shouldn't use anything more than, you know, 5% flavoring or 10% flavoring or, or whatever it might be. And, and so that's another thing where consumer preference comes into play. You think about all the people that want high VG juice. Well, the easiest way to get high VG juice is not use a lot of flavoring. You know, that's, that's how most of these people do it. You know, the, if you add too much flavoring, oftentimes the juice comes off bitter and it doesn't get more flavorful. It just gets terrible tasting. So right. it's another thing that's solved by common market actions. Um, so when you consider these last two, then, then you go to requiring ingredient identification. That's already happening to a large degree, but it's, it's a frivolous sort of burden. But, of course, he wouldn't, he wouldn't understand the repercussions there. So, so what do you th- – now, I looked at the – you know, I think somebody in the past kind of broke down some of his uh, – some of the people that funded – and contributed to this study. So I looked at the footnotes, and it says funding. This work was supported in part by Michael J. Dowd, Regina M. Dowd, Patrick M. Coughlin, the Penrose Foundation, and the Cooley Family Fund for Critical Research of the Oregon Community Foundation. Those None of those names ring a bell to me. Who, who are these people? I don't know. Honestly, that's that's the least important point part for me, you know. Um, uh, there now, don't get me wrong. Now, there's there's some truth to the uh, the quote, and I'm flashing back to the Big Lebowski here. Uh, it's like uh, look look who's to prosper, and then you'll find who who's guilty, you know, that sort of thing. And you know, whenever I go to look at the funding, and I could chase him down like that, it sort of feels like a uh, like a poison the well fallacy, mm. you know. It's like, oh, well, you're just funded by them. I don't really even care what you have to say because, like, honestly, if it's bad science, it's bad science no matter who funds it, you know? Right. Okay. Well, um... That's just hard, sort of how I see it. No, I mean, uh, like like you said at the beginning, it doesn't seem particularly complicated. It just seems like, you know, terrible analysis of the data. Um, I don't know of... I, I don't know of reputable science that can get published by drawing a conclusion from the most extreme outliers. I remember I used to be in the, in the business of publishing scientific research in, in psychology and man, we, we wouldn't get away with any of this. There's no way, there's no way we could, we could draw conclusions based on outliers. I mean, you're looking to, to minimize individual. Well, this is it's different when you're, you know, gathering uh, information on humans and, and rats, but but still, we there would be no way you'd be allowed to publish something by drawing a conclusion from outliers. How this? I don't know. Maybe that's maybe tobacco uh, control journal is just has very low standards, or I, I don't know what's going on. But this would it would it would be unheard of to to actually get something. We we you wouldn't even bother 
submitting something like that because you know it would be outright rejected. Exactly. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about it, and I'm going like, I've, I've actually gone to the uh, British Journal of, of Tobacco Control before, the British Medical Journal of Tobacco Control, for good resources. And I found plenty of good resources there for other cases I was making. And, and so they, they, have good, they have good science there, but, you know, this just doesn't make sense, especially considering, you know, I, in the video I made, I was going to make a point, you know, and I did make a point, and I'll make the point right here, that if he's so worried about aldehydes, you know, whether it be formaldehyde or whatever it may be, then then I'll I'll do something, and I'm going to use his exact same methodology to show when abs- absurdly analyzed statistics can cause massive problems. So we all understand that there's formaldehyde in homes. Not only do we exhale it, but it's in particle board, it's in insulation, it's it's everywhere. So there are uh, there's there's a large, and I'll I'll provide this link for you so you can shoot out to everybody saying I'm not blowing smoke up their ass. Sure. But there is a uh, <laughs> there's a nice study on formaldehyde. It was a uh, I believe University of Minnesota study, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you. 3.69 was a uh, was an outlier, you know, and uh, that was that was in uh, a home in Minnesota. It wasn't even it wasn't even near the mean, but that's okay because he didn't give us that same benefit of the doubt. So your respiration rate is 0.83 meters cubed per hour, and that's his number. So I'm going to go ahead and figure this out right now. And in eight hours, you'll inhale 24 and a half parts per million formaldehyde. That doesn't seem like a big deal, but then you consider that the safety limit for uh, set by the NIOSH for formaldehyde is something like four parts per million. So, I mean, what should we say? Should we all regulate homes now? Yeah, right. Should right. we Should we make sure? <laughs> because of an outlier. Right. And uh, it, it irks me to a certain degree, and you know, I want to say things, but I guess the the most important thing is, you know, if if he was being reasonable, which it's, it kind of surprised me at no point in his discussion did he actually say this. He was like, you know, we only studied 30 samples. What we need to do is we need to study more to make sure that these don't represent the market as a whole. You know, right. or do these represent, let's learn more. I feel like that's that's almost it's almost become like a common line in in the conclusions of studies, but not with this cat. Hmm. That's too bad because you know at the end of the day, as much as it, you know, you broke it down, you explained it. This is great, but that's not what's going to end up in the news when people finally pick up on this, or when the you know the anti vaping supposed public health advocates get a hold of this they're they're going to say look there's the you know the, the having flavor having flavors in e-liquid is hazardous to your health that, that you know and if you just read the abstract then they're going to be like oh yeah, yeah look this thing has got published peer reviewed uh flavors are bad flavor should be you know and of, of course you know not for reasons of health you know they already want to ban flavors and this is just you know one more thing that they could put on their pile of papers that they stick in front of legislators and they say, oh, well, look, he's got science, you know. So obviously we need more science to come out that contradicts this or, or you know, reputable scientists 
uh, de debunking or, or explaining why this is poor science or poor data analysis, but that those news articles will probably be written at that point already, you know? So it, it, it really does suck because this will hurt us. Well, you know, it does suck to a certain degree. And, but I haven't seen that through any of those avenues. Maybe it will come out. Uh, one thing I like to do before I dive into these things is always see what's going on over at uh, e-cigarette-research.com and, and see what Farsuino said about it. Because, you know, oftentimes he's going to say something far better than I and he's going to he's, he's he's a very he's a brilliant guy you know um and i was kind of disappointed like I, I hate to say that but i was kind of disappointed with what he said because you know he didn't take on the obvious statistical errors he didn't take on you know any of the findings he was just like you know you can't conflate um toxicological concerns with irritants mm. and it's like well you know I understand where you're coming from. If you inhale enough of an irritant, it'll inflame the system it's affecting enough to become a toxicological concern. So that sort of semantic game, that just, ugh, that's, that's no fun. Uh, you have to get down to the, the nitty-gritty with these guys, and it's really not that hard, like you said. It's, it's yeah. actually quite easy. So I hope that somebody gets a hold of this and runs with it. I really do. Because, I mean... May, hopefully, I've helped out to a certain degree, and, and people out there will be like, wow, you know, like maybe I should start reading through these studies because they're actually really easy to pick apart. And then, you know, we get people on their Facebook feed just being like, oh, yeah, you should probably get some better facts, brah. Um, and and they, can, they can help out like that. And nothing makes them feel dumber than just getting it totally wrong. Well, listen, um, I don't, you know, I think that people just read the headline and, and that's that. Certainly the people writing the laws, they, they, they don't read through this and they don't read, you know, critical replies to this sort of thing. But, uh, you you know, I understand your, your perspective. And listen, I really thank you for coming on and just pointing out, you know, in a very simple layman fashion, how this is just, this is bad science because it's just bad data analysis and uh, makes a lot of sense and you know, saved me from reading through the whole thing. That's for sure. <laughs> Oh, I guess I probably should. Well, yeah. But um, yeah, I really appreciate it, and um, thanks for for what you're doing. I like seeing e-liquid manufacturers taking, you know, issues of possible health concerns with chemicals seriously, and clearly you've done that. Um, which will seg segue me into uh, the next thing I want to talk about. But thank you for uh, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for coming on the program. You're a great great guest, sir. Hey, thanks, Russ. I really appreciate you having me on, and. Uh... Play some Queens of the Stone Age for me at a certain point, man. I already got it queued up for after hours. <laughs> Thanks, man. There he goes, everybody. Ethan from uh, vapespace.com. Thanks so much for coming on, sir. Cheers. Okay, uh, I'm going to get to Tony in a second, but just because uh, it's a natural segue, I've got, I got some uh, e-liquid that kind of goes in with this topic of safety in e-liquid. And um, I certainly have my new all-day vape. And what... Is so this is from this is a new line uh, from Baker White called Counterculture, and I'm going to show you some pictures here. I'll put them in the replay notes also. But here are some uh, some pictures. Now, what's interesting about the liquid is actually in the literature that comes with it. Let me just grab it. They send it to me in this fancy box, but um, fancy hard to open box. Okay, so um, 
So it's it's very it's definitely very different for for them in terms of just just from a marketing perspective. Before I actually talk about the liquid, they're going for a more uh, kind of like a retro, almost hipster. You know, I, I don't quite know what to call it, but they're they're going for something totally different, and it's okay. Um, they've got you know these are three liquids that they have here, and one more in the line is on the way. So. Um, I got three, I got inked, I got pierced and I got fueled and I have, I went right for the inked because that's the strawberry one. The description is a mouthwatering blend of fresh strawberries and vanilla custard, all the flavor, none of the guilt. Now, what does that mean? Well, everyone knows that the type of flavor that was most, that was most likely to have high levels of diacetyl or acetylpropanol were the custards and all three of these are custards. There's a blueberry custard, I'm sorry, a blue raspberry custard, a vanilla custard, and of course this strawberry custard. Interesting, on the back, which you could see in that picture, and I've never seen this before in literature provided, and I would assume this this goes to the stores, when um, you know you have the, the liquids out there that the, this is part of the marketing. This is, uh, this is something I really like. On the back, it has lab reports for... Uh, diacetyl and acetylpropanol on the back for these three liquids. You know, I've never seen that before. I think it's great. Uh, what I, I have seen companies do that on their websites where like, uh, for example, for like Mountain Oak Vapors, when you go to their website, every liquid that you click on comes with, you know, you can, you can pull up the lab report right there with one more click. So that's really great. I really love how companies are doing this uh, more. Getting on to, so, you know, great. It's a custard-free liquid. How does it taste? It, you know, I've tasted the strawberry. I'm not going to try the other two because, um, well, I'll try them eventually. But when the when the strawberry runs out, because it's fantastic. One thing I always loved about Baker White was their they have these uh, strawberry fields and uh, what was it? Yeah, strawberry fields. They they had that, but they never had that in something that was for, you know, high wattage uh, vaping. So this is certainly able to withstand high wattages. I I don't typically go above 30, but I, I did just, just, just to see. I, I noticed that it does, the higher the wattage you hit this with, um, the more the custard comes out. So if you're using it at fairly low wattages, you're going to get a lot of strawberry and a little custard. But if you start, you know, going past 30 watts on a lower resistance build, you'll get more and more custard. Um, it's a 50-50 PGVG blend. Uh, I believe it's available in 0, 3, 6, 12, and 18. And given the, the, the quality of the liquid is quite high, um, finally I can have something that's the, they had the always had the best strawberry flavor I've ever tasted. So to have it with a, with a custard, um, though not too prominent, and be able to use it at high high uh, high wattages or uh, or lower resistances, um, the price is decent. It's eighty. I'm sorry, eighteen dollars one eight. <laughs> Could think of somebody else who charges about that much, but um, no, eighteen dollars per thirty milliliters. I think it's a good buy, and uh, I think they just started shipping it. So, um, if nothing else. It's just nice to see companies actually starting to use laboratory tests as part of their marketing. I think that's fantastic.
Okay, so uh, let me bring Tony on now. Before I bring him on, I want to. Th this is what caught my eye um, about Tony. He posted this video online, and he was really upset that he was trying to plan an event in Utah, and uh, he had a he had a, a planning event. So he wants to do like a, a vape convention or, or a vape a large vape meetup in Utah. So he invited everybody to the planning session. And I guess he wasn't pleased with the turnout because this is what he posted. With uh, VapeCon, uh, I'm kind of disappointed that you guys haven't showed up here to the meeting after everybody speaks about the concern about the vape community and how to help the vape community and how to be part of the vape community and all the shit that I've heard on, uh, on the internet about Aaron Frazier and all the other people. I don't know what kind of uh, leash he's got on you guys, but sincerely... You know, we've got to get together and work against the great, uh, against the greater evil, and work uh, towards a better vape community. I don't understand why you wouldn't be here for an event, to plan an event, so it could be better for the community, so that way everybody can see the positive nature of vaping. I'm one I vape. You know, I don't understand if uh, I had one person tell me at the grand opening that I'm going to be hated before I'll be liked. You know what? I don't care about being hated because I'm here to make money and to help you make money and to help the community grow. I'm not here to be liked. So if that's the reason why you're not here because you don't like me, too bad. I was a first sergeant in the army for 20 years. You know what? I wasn't liked then. I'm not liked now. It's okay. You can still show up your face and tell me to my face that you don't like me at least or you don't support the fake community. If you don't support the fake community, you're not here. If you support the vape community, you would be here right now planning the greatest event that Utah would be able to see, which would be Utah VapeCon. It'd be the best convention that we can plan. Not like those past ones, not talking anything bad on them if they weren't that great, but at least make, make an appearance. Show up over here. Tell me to my face, call me, 941-882-2306. Give me a call, leave me a message, send me a text. Send me an email. Hey, Tony, you're full of shit. Or at least show up and say, what can we do to make this convention and make this a better thing? All these laws that I've been hearing from Aaron and all these legality things they've been hearing, I've got 12 attorneys that work for my company and they've checked everything. And I'm gonna tell you right now, he's full of shit. If it's real, then show me the paperwork. I'm not charging anybody to be here. Now, if you want to be on the event, yeah, there is a fee to enter the event. Okay, to reserve your spot. I want an event in this parking lot right here of at least 30 people. That will cover the whole parking lot. I was gonna put it on the news. I was gonna put it on YouTube. I was gonna put it online. I was going to promote the shit out of this event. Out of my money, out of my costs. But nobody showed up. Also, I opened the Utah Vapor Council and invited all of you to join on Facebook. But yet nobody joins. Oh, is there a fee? Uh, no. If you're a business and you want to join the Utah Vapor Council, there is a yearly fee. And that covers your legal fees, your attorneys, everything. 
and it's open book so you can look at everything and you will be paying directly an attorney $350 a year I mean if you want to pay $5,000 go ahead but I'll tell you something grab your knees or your ankles if you can reach your ankles because that's what you're getting so with all due respect to everybody to the people that this this actually applies to if you got the shoes wear it if not if it doesn't apply to you that is fine it doesn't apply to you thank you very much for your attention thank you for coming to this lovely place and showing your support for the vapor community and you have a great night wow hey welcome to the show tony <laughs> Hey, how are you doing, Russ? Uh, I'm doing okay, man. You, you, wow, you're pissed off, huh? Well, no, not really. I'm, you know, at the moment I was a little bit, uh, well, I guess, yeah, you could say pissed off because the turnout wasn't that great or anything like that. Um, after I had spoken to so many people that were interested and all the, the top dogs, like they call themselves here in Utah, the vape community, yeah, we're going to show up, we're going to be there, we're going to support this, we're going to make Utah the biggest thing out there. And that's what I wanted to do. You know, they all asked me, well, what do you know about about vaping? I vape, that's about it. I'm in the music industry, not necessarily in the this type of industry, but I still promote events. And this was an event that I was going to promote, you know, and uh, basically nobody showed up and I was like, what happened? But... Yeah, like I said in the video, I was at an event, a grand opening, and they were breaking rules of every kind and all this other stuff. And they were going ahead and, you know, oh, you're going to be hated before you're liked in the vaping community. I'm like, well, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to do business and to make everybody succeed, not just me, to make everybody succeed. And, uh, well, there you go. Nobody showed up. <laughs> well, Tony, before we get into uh, what – you're trying to do with this event and with the with the vapor council and all that. Why don't you tell people a little bit about yourself? Um, I know you mentioned in the video that you're uh, retired from the U.S. Army, so thank you for your service, um, and that you're also a uh, retired law enforcement. Um, but tell people just a, uh, just tell people a little bit uh, more about yourself and uh, what like uh, start with your vaping story. When did you start vaping? And uh, what led you down the road to get to where you are today trying to do this? Oh, I, I used to smoke two and a half packs a day, if not three packs a day, um, for, God, over 20 years. I mean, I started smoking when I was about 13, you know, trying to stealing my mom's cigarettes and doing all that crap, like normal teenager, I guess. And uh, I think it was 2008, 2009, they came out with those little e-cigarettes things that you would change the back and it looked like a cigarette and I started doing that and uh, I noticed that I was smoking less and uh, I noticed that my health was better you know I, I could walk up a, a flight of stairs without being a little bit you know out of breath being retired from the army you stop doing the same stuff you used to do before and I continue with that then a friend of mine introduced me to the whole uh, tube mod and you know the tanks and uh, I went with the, the first little e-sticks that came out with a little tank on the top and, you know, just went from there gradually up to the point where I'm now, where it was 2008, 2009 to now I haven't had a cigarette at all. 
and I'm only doing 3% nicotine. I started off at the max nicotine you could, you know, and then uh, notice that when you start to drip, you can't do that because <laughs> they'll make you choke bad. And, and, you know, that's basically my story. I just quit smoking for the benefit of my, my family and my kids. I got a grandson, you know, and, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of, uh, in a nutshell, what, what, what has transpired in me getting into the vaping scene, I guess. So what, what was your, what was your, your, now I don't know if, if you're even going to continue with this or not, but obviously you had a plan to do a Utah vape con and have a Utah vapor council. Let's talk about what, what were your plans and your aspirations for the Utah VapeCon, and are you going to continue with them? Oh, I, I am definitely going to continue with them. Um, I don't give up. Uh, I didn't give up 20 years in the military, you know, and that was a lot tougher than, than this is. Um, I, I'm going to continue with the vapor, uh, vapor Council, the Utah Vapor Council, just because I want people to be able to go to a group where if they're a business or just a regular person and they just want to join an association that that can educate them or help them in any way, shape, or form, you know, know that there's somebody there that they don't have to fork out, you know, $5,000 a year or $2,500 a year or anything in that, in that range. They could just go ahead and be like, hey, you know, I need some help with this. My business is going through some rough patches because of X or J problem, you know, they can go ahead to an attorney and, or to me, you know, and, and try to help them in that, in that aspect. And in any other stuff, you know, if they want to open a new store, if they uh, want to write a letter to an employer, fire them, things like that, you know, the, the whole, the whole aspect of a business and everything that they would need for their business, a system, not do it for them, but assist them in every way, shape, or form. And if they want to take it on their own and do it by themselves with their attorney, they can go ahead and do it themselves too. They don't have to worry about, well, Tony won't let me do it. He's my representative. You know, it's not a union either, you know, where I'm, uni I'm unifying everybody, but it's not a union where you have to go to the top dog or to the top person, uh, like I've heard Aaron call himself many times, to, to be able to do anything. You know, it's a, it's a free country. I fought for this country to make it free and to be able to speak your mind if you want to. And like I said, you know, I'm not taking any money from anybody. It's free. Uh, the, uh, the fees for the attorney, it goes straight to the attorneys. It doesn't come to me at all. You know, so they don't have any worries of, oh, where's my money going? No, you get a monthly bill from them. You get a, a receipt. You get all that stuff. You get a card from the attorneys. So you get called 24-7 and so on and so forth, you know. So, uh, the Utah VapeCon. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, sir. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just listening to you here, Tony. And honestly, you sound, listening to you here on the on the phone with me right now, you sound to be a real, you sound like a real nice guy. Um, yet when I watch that video and the other video that you posted, you seem to be a pretty angry guy. Um, I. I, I, don't, I, I admit that I, I went overboard. <laughs> I apologize, and, and I did apologize to a lot of people. It, it wasn't intended. I mean, I was angry. I'm not going to lie to you. I was angry. And, uh, you know, I was disappointed more than angry because I had the high expectations for people. 
And I guess that bites me in the ass sometimes because I expect people to, to honor their word. If they say they're going to be there or they're going to do something, we're going to work together, then let's do it. You know, yeah. if you can't make it, I, I mean, I understand. Don't work. Don't don't make. Don't get me wrong. I had like ten people text me and call me. I'm not going to be able to make it. Can we meet at my store? Can we meet here? Can we meet there? Another day, I was like, definitely not a problem. But when the same people change the date, they tell me to change the date because that day wouldn't be good, and I change it. That's where I'm like, what the heck? You know? Yeah, I I, I get that. And, uh, I, I get that, uh, Tony. But it's like you know, you're. You're calling out Aaron, you know, left and right in these videos. And, you know, as soon as I posted online that, you know, you were going to be coming on tonight, people, you know, started coming out of the woodwork and and, and sharing these uh, conversations on Facebook groups and Facebook direct messages with you. And you were really nasty to them. I mean, it was, uh, I, I don't understand this. Uh, it's like you're Jekyll and Hyde or something. Like, it, you sound like the nicest guy in the world right now. But I'm, I'm reading these horrible things that you've said to people. I mean... I mean, did... Have they posted what they said to me? I've had even death threats. I mean, come on. You know, I had one guy tell me he was going to come to my house and kick my ass. And I told him, come on. I'm not afraid of anybody. I mean, I'm not going to defend myself if somebody comes at me. And I, online, I was more than professional with everybody. And I told, you know, yeah, I did. A couple of people just took me out there to the point where I was like, you know what? I'm sick and tired already. And if you don't have nothing good to say, don't say it. You know, I'm trying to help everybody, and and I am, I am. If anybody needs help, I'm here for them. Well, it sounds you know, it sounds a little real and everything. Sounds a little uh-huh. pot kettle going on. But it, hey, listen, this is we have an open forum here. If anyone wants to chime in with questions or comments, you're welcome to do so. The the call in number is three four seven three zero eight eight three two nine. Uh, let me take a, we got a couple calls over here. Let me take one. Uh, caller from the 801 area code, you're on the air. Yeah, hi guys. This is, uh, my name's Tad Jensen. I'm actually uh, the, uh, one of the retail store managers of Electronic Sticks, one of the, uh, definitely the longest standing vape shop in Utah, quite possibly the country. And I'll be honest, first of all, Tony, thank you, thank you for your service, man. That's uh, great, great stuff you do. But, I've never heard of you before, um, and supposedly, you know, according to to you, I guess you're pretty well known in the industry. But uh, uh, no, that that's not true. I've never said that I'm really really well known in the vaping industry. That, well, okay, I, I mean, yeah, I I suppose that I just get that kind of you know vibe from you from the the videos that I've seen and the conversations. But I'm just curious why you. Well, I guess I'm curious about a lot of things, but first of all, why you just feel the need to to pop up this Utah Vapor Council out of nowhere and then try and sell like what are basically legal Zoom services? I'm not sure where you're trying to trying to go with that. Well, the reason why is uh, a couple of different people have mentioned to me that they had to pay a large fee for uh, the services that that uh, UTSFA, I believe it's called, um, is charging. So, yeah, and, like, and well, let, me, let me ask you this, Tony. Do you know what those fees cover, bud? Uh, no, I haven't been showed anything. And I've okay, let me, let me, let me educate you a little bit on that. What those fees are covering uh-huh. are the ridiculous dollar amounts that, uh, as an organization, we had to pay the lobbyists this year. Okay. Now, without those lobbyists, Tony, the 
I, I mean, it would have been a really, really bad year. Last year, we skinned by, you know, just barely made it through without getting absolutely demolished as an industry here in Utah. And this year, if we had uh, not if, – if the Utah Smoke Free Association had not collected those fees from their members and allocated those fees to their, their lobbyists, um, you've got dozens of vape shops in Utah that uh, would basically be out of business as there was a, uh, an 86.5% tax on basically any vape product, period. You're talking batteries, mods, everything like that. That's the kind of thing that these fees um, are going to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for you, you to, you know, uh, in whether you insinuated or, or said um, that, you know, Aaron's cooking books or, you know, whatever like that, and he's not completely transparent is is just kind of outlandish in my opinion. Well, I asked him for the information. He never gave me anything. He promised that he was going to send me emails, all the stuff, and never provided anything to me. But the the whole point about it was, you know, I, I thought, well, that's kind of a, a big amount of money to fork out for, and I asked him, so what do I have to do if I'm going to open a vape shop? Because he asked me if I was going to open a vape shop. I'm like, no, I'm not interested in opening a vape shop. I'm interested in getting an event going so that way everybody can enjoy it and be happy at it. You know, but if I did, what would I have to do? You know, when he yeah. told me the the pricing and everything, I was kind of like, well, okay, uh, can you send me information? Can you send me anything? Sure, sure, I'll send it to you. I never received anything from okay. him. I mean, you I know, know and, Aaron's uh, a, a really busy guy on certain things. I've had to follow up with him as well. But, I mean, you know, we're human. We're not, you know, we're not robots. And I understand but, that, but but also Aaron sent somebody to to the city pretending to be me to ask about getting the licensing and everything in Sandy. And uh, when I heard about it, because I was already working with somebody, I was like, oh, no, hold on a second. And I called the gentleman up. I don't remember his name right now, but I called the gentleman up, and I told him, look, you can't misrepresent yourself. I don't know what you're doing. You don't work for me. Wait, 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 hold on. Hold on a a second. Tony, you're you're saying that Aaron Frazier sent a human to – some sort of government agency and said that I'm uh, Tony Montanez and I, and I'm looking to start, you're saying that happened? Yeah. They called directly over there and he even left me a message telling me, Oh yeah, I called over there and they said that you can't do it there. And I was like, what? I already have everything. All I needed was basically the signature. And when I got up there, they're like, no, you just have to pay the hundred dollar fee and do your event and make sure that, these bylaws and this stuff is followed. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I got that. Not a problem. And when I spoke to him, I told him. He apologized. And I said, well, cool. Thank you very much for apologizing, but don't, don't do that again. Well, you know, I mean, and, and that's, what I, that's what gets me so mad because I'm like, it started with that. And then if progressing. And I'm, I'm like, well, you know, I'm, I'm being told that Everybody's going to show up to this, you know, at least the people I communicated to are going to show up. I'm like, wow, great. We're going to have a great event between the whole community, between everybody. You know, there really isn't for me any money to make out of it. I'm doing it because my son-in-law and my daughter, they're really into the whole vape scene. 
And I was okay, like, well, okay, let, let, like let me, let me, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but let me stop you there, Tony, oh. because in that first video that I saw hit Facebook, you very clearly said, I'm in this for the money. Well, I'm going to make some money off the event, yeah, but not off but of you guys. You, you just said that you're not going to make any money, and then you said, you know, which, which is it? It's a business, bud. If you go there, you're going to make money, too. Everybody's okay. going to make money. Well, let me, make, let me, uh, let me make thousands of dollars. I me, can't predict how much money I'm going to make if I make any. Let me, let me jump in here for a second, because I got a, I got a question about that. I, I think maybe some of, you know, you, you, like you obviously said in, in the video, you were very uh, disappointed with the turnout from your planning meeting. Now, there is, uh, a, it's my understanding, and, you know, perhaps you can clarify that one way or the other, that the area or the city for this event that, that, that you're planning was going to be Sandy, Sandy, Utah. Now, it's my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding that in Sandy, Utah, um, you cannot have a vape shop and you cannot have an event that sells any vape uh, vapor products. It's almost like a, like a dry county, but in this way, it relates to vaping-related stuff. So, it, First of all, number one, if if that's true, you could understand why people wouldn't be interested in attending an event where they wouldn't be able to sell anything. But um, I'll give you the opportunity to, to address that. Is that true that in Sandy you wouldn't be able to sell anything? That is not what I was told. Uh, no, when that's I went actually there, all... I went straight. Oh, sorry, me. Tony. When go went... ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, you're fine, brother. Uh, when I went there and. Uh, I wish I had his card right here, but the gentleman that's in charge of the licensing and everything, I say, is going to be an event uh, involving VapeCon and e-cigarettes and e-liquids, and we're going to have people there informing people about what the good stuff is about having this type of, you know, uh, quitting smoking and going this route and informative and sales and all this and big, make a big event. What he told me was, well, if you're going to use the parking lot, you do need a permit, but it's because it's private property and uh, the, uh, the bar already has a, a liquor license, a tobacco license, all this other stuff, that that's kind of like, I guess, the gray area where you can go ahead and do it. And I was like, okay, great. And I let Aaron know that, and I let everybody know that, um, at least that I was talking to about making the event a success. Hey, look, you know, we've checked it, we've done it. I mean, I paid the 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 fee for the uh, for the uh, the licensing and everything for the event. There's no problem, you know. So there was no miscommunication from my part to them, and at least what I was told from the city itself is that there is no problem with it. Mm. And I'm like, okay, because I did hear that. Um, it had to be an industrial area first, and then there was a couple of other things, and that's why I went straight over there to kind of get my facts straight on what exactly could and can I not do. I mean, they had some rules about different things and parking and, you know, the usual event rules that you have to have. Okay. Which is nothing that I haven't done before. Okay, let me, uh, th there's a couple other people on the line who want to talk. So, Tad, just hang out. Uh, you know, you don't have to hang up yet, but uh, I want to bring on, um, this is another caller from the 801 area code. Uh, you're on the air. Yeah, um, I was calling in for a few reasons. Um, and to clarify on the Sandy thing, I, I uh, know for a fact that you cannot physically open up a shop in Sandy, Utah. It is a dry county. They will not let it happen, period. 
So, and I don't know if the, if the same regulations follow suit with events. Um, so just to clear that up, okay. it might be different. Um, but my, my question is, I think a lot of people are just confused, you know? Aaron Frazier is a guy who has been part of the Utah vape community since day one, since it became a thing in Utah for the last four years. And then here, here's Tony out of the blue, out of nowhere. And he wants to throw this big event, start this Utah Vape Council. Nobody knows him. He hasn't done anything in the past for the community. And he's sitting here talking shit on someone who's done so much. And it makes no sense. And he has, like, offended countless, countless people who have close relationships with Aaron. So I don't know if that was part of your marketing plan to draw a lot of attention, but it's not working. And I don't think there's going to be an event. Well, if there is is an event, that's understandable. Um, like I said, it's not going to hurt me if there is an event, you know, I'm, but why, I'm not trying why didn't you to, try to team not, up. why didn't you try to team up with Aaron? And, I tried to say, Hey, you've I been present to me for four years. I it's, tried. We have no proof of that. I, dude, I mean, I all we have proof is the video messages. of you. I have emails. I have text messages. I even went to the grand opening event and sat down with and talked to him and said, Hey, are we going to do this? He said, yeah, I'll have two of my guys call you and contact you. So that way we can start planning this. I haven't heard from nobody. Well, well I, don't, so, I don't know. I think you're just going about it the wrong way, Tony, and I feel bad for you, man. I really do because I think you've just burned your bridge. Nobody, nobody's going to show up at this event because 90% of the shops, whether they're signed up with UTSFA or not, agree with Aaron and what he's done for this community. And for you to blast his name and say that all these shops are paying fees for nothing – and then you want to charge 350 bucks to join your association for attorney fees? We're already we're covered. Like you just burn your bridge, and I don't know what your plan is now. I'm curious about that. Oh, I'm not. I, my plan is to continue what I'm what I'm doing, and if people want to join, they can join. It's your choice, man. You know, I didn't I didn't uh, tell the whole vaping community to go screw themselves. You know, if they want you to take it that In way, your videos. I, you no, posted three different videos calling people out and talking smack on Aaron. And that event offends the community as a whole because of everything Aaron's done for the community. You know what? It's true. I did call out Aaron, okay? But he's been around for a long time, and I respect that. He's done some stuff for the community. I respect that. Oh, I don't think you you call people out that you respect. I respect what he's done. It doesn't mean I have to respect the person. Do I? I didn't know that that was I don't know. Do you post videos about people you do respect and talk smack on them? No, I don't. Because they well, haven't you did. done anything. They haven't done anything. You did. And this, to, and this whole interview has been about you being hypocritical. That's all this interview has uh, okay. been. You say it's, you want to make money. Opinion, you say brother. you don't want to make money. That's your No, that's, that's your what opinion. you said. It's not my opinion. It's what you said. <laughs> it's, it's your opinion. This is a business. Are you going to make money if you sell liquids? Or you sell your e-cigarettes? Yeah. I'm not worried Are about you making not gonna money, make... Tony. I'm worried about well, what I'm you've done to this community and what you're trying to do now. It makes no sense. What am I trying to do? What am I trying to do to the community? You clearly stated you're trying to make you're, you clearly stated you're trying to make money, Tony. Tell me what you clearly I stated that you jumped into the make, into oh, the game bad. out of oh, the blue to make money. You're right. It's bad to make money. Guess what, Aaron? Aaron doesn't make money on this. He works full time, and he doesn't make money on it. He does it for the better good of the community. Period. Yeah. Different well. strokes for different folks, I guess. Um, hey, uh, thanks, uh, thanks for your call, eight hundred one. Um, I'm gonna move. I, I, there's some other callers on the line, so I'm gonna move on. But thanks for calling in. Okay. 
Yep. Yep. Caller in uh, the 307 area code. You're on the air. Caller in the 307 area code. Are you uh, looking to comment or question or just listening? Going once. I'm here. Oh, there you I are. Can't get to it. <laughs> okay. Hi, I am here. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, perfect. Um, hey, I'm calling from the great state of Wyoming County. Tony, how are you doing tonight? We're, we're doing oh, just... Oh, doing we're, wonderful on yourself. We're doing good. <laughs> hey, I'm doing really well. First of all, as every veteran that I ever meet or come across, I want to thank you for your service. 20 years is pretty impressive. Not a problem. Thank you very much. Hey, second very of all, um, as a vape store owner myself here in the great state of Wyoming, I'm wondering, do you own a vape store up there in Utah? No, I don't, ma'am. How is it that you kind of came across the idea to have some kind of vape event? I mean, is is this something that maybe saved a family family member's life, or is you know, I mean, how does vape affect you directly that you decided to get involved in this fantastic community we have? Well, the reason why I got involved, like I said, my kids are involved. You know, my adult kids are involved in the vape community. I'm a promoter. They asked me, "Hey, Dad, you know, could you do something for the community?" And uh, they had told me a couple of comments of different people, and I asked around, and basically the same thing. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Not a problem. And uh, I contacted the people that I was told are the, the head guys here in Utah, basically the people that are really well-known that can make it happen. Um, I, I contacted all of them, uh, or at least the ones that I had the number to, and uh, they were all excited about it. Um, a couple, you know, read me the law and said, hey, this and that, you got to make sure this is done this way, this is done that way. I was like, cool, not a problem. Let's, let's make it happen. Um, and uh, at the last minute, without me even posting a video, I was getting, you know, uh, I was getting bashed that, oh, we don't know who the hell you are and all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, I'm here to get known, so that way you guys see Hey, let's do right, something I, cool. Yeah, and I understand that I did, I did see some of your videos, and being from a, a neighbor right next to you guys, I mean, in Wyoming, you know, we're kind of a smaller community. We're the least populated state in the nation, and so I see something coming up in Utah, and of course, I look at it, because I would like to be involved in any way I can, but when I saw mm -hmm. something that you posted, that you have 12 attorneys, I think, is what I saw, and that... None of them found any pending legislation against the e-cigarette industry to be valid. I had to question no, no. your motive. No, no, no. Is that not uh, let what me, you let me said? Correct I mean, my, I my, have it on video, and I believe that we yeah. listened to you on tape earlier saying that. Yeah, exactly. Right. So do your 12 attorneys not have the, um, I don't know, enough education to look at the fact that you cannot legally hold this type of event in Santa Utah? I'm thinking maybe you need to find a new law firm. Actually, actually, you can hold it. You can hold it. You can't own a store or, or uh, what is it? Uh, well, there's another uh, thing what? that they, what they posted. Call it? If you were actually a member of the vape community, what is it that you would actually call it, Tony? Because what I'm hearing from you is someone who is trying to make money on the backs of the people in Utah who are trying to keep this industry legal. Those members are all of the vape stores in my sister state in Utah that are members of the Utah Smoke Free Association led by Aaron Fraser. If it was not for Aaron, you wouldn't even have the chance 
to try to rip off this industry the way you're trying to do it right now. How am I trying to rip off the industry? I mean, you, with, you, you, have, guys you have no stake in the industry. You have no stake in the industry, Tony. You are posting these videos about a member of our babe community, Aaron Fraser, who has for three years, without making a single solitary penny, has put thousands of hours into making sure that the Utah State Legislature does not ban vaping in Utah. And I don't even live there. I mean, i got to tell you what Aaron has done for me. I am, like I said, from the great state of Wyoming, and he has nothing to do with our state, but he is here for every Wyoming state meeting, and he helps me in every single way he possibly can to help those few base store owners here in Wyoming. And when I see someone like you trying to come after him for nothing but pure profit, yes, it absolutely incites me. I think that you are a gold digger, and people like you are what are going to ruin this industry. How is it that I'm trying to, to profit off of it? I mean, you guys, when you get an invitation to a vape con in Vegas or wherever, I mean, you pay four or $5,000 to go there. I didn't even talk about pricing yet because that wasn't even on the table yet. No, you know what? I was you waiting for the... Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. They don't come out, and they do not come after people in our community who spend their lives trying to save our community. You came I out, came to the pe- and you came okay. out. Are you, you going like to let me respond? Yeah, let- from the Utah State Association, and you were Am, am I going to be able to respond? Please I do. Mean, go go ahead, Tony. I, mean, I don't know. I can talk forever, but I will because I respect rest. I will shut up for 30 seconds. Yeah, just let, let Tony respond, please. Okay, first of all, I had invited everybody so we can make the plan on what was going to be done and how was it, was it going to be done. I had the location. I had everything done. All we had to do is sit down and talk what they had to do, what we had to do, how we were going to do it, and all that stuff. So money-wise, seriously, didn't even come out yet because we didn't even get to talk that. Okay, plan a brochure, plan all that stuff. Yes, that was all going to be done so we can distribute it out to the masses. But we didn't get a chance. We didn't get a chance to talk to anybody, and when I call, my, my calls are not picked up. You know, my emails are not answered. I mean, it's frustrating. You're trying to do something good. Everybody sees the bad old oh, way. Hey, he's trying to be a gold digger and all this other stuff. Where am I being a gold digger? Well, where am I, where am I seriously I, being a gold digger? No, no, hold on. You, you talk pretty long, so please, yes, you, you know, know let you're me. Right, you're right. You can go. You, can you know, go. Where, where am I a gold digger when I'm telling everybody, let's get together and let's do this together? If everyone would have sat down with me and said, hey, Tony, you know what? Let's do something cool for everybody. And, you know, I don't think there should be a charge because the other two events, they spent a lot of money and didn't really get a good result. I would have been like, you know what? Okay, then we all fork up the bill and do a great event. But was the opportunity opportunity, opportunity given to me? It wasn't. And when I said... About I, I, money, I wonder because I, when I say, you're not no, a me. member of our community. If you didn't understand I why, I maybe my dear, no. I'm a member yeah. of the community. I'm trying to be a member I guess of the community because you don't understand the amount of pressure that the Utah Smoke Free Association is under during this legislative session. Why maybe Aaron is busy responding to his lobbyists and all of the vape store owners and that entire enormous community in Utah that are fighting for their right to vape. 
why maybe he didn't immediately respond to someone he had never heard okay. of before trying now, to the same way, the same way, the same way, The same way you're saying that I'm making excuses, now you're making excuses for him because it takes two seconds to text somebody. It doesn't take 10 hours. It doesn't take, I mean, three months. I've been doing this for three months trying to get this done. For three months. This wasn't yesterday I started. For three months I've been in contact with Eric. Okay, and I understand he's been doing it for a long time. His full time advocacy. All I'm saying, Tony, is that you went about this the wrong way. And the reason why no one attended your meeting and everyone is jumping on you is that you went about this the wrong way. And you came after a gentleman who has saved vaping in Utah. And the fact that you are so ignorant that you don't even know what this guy has done for the state incites all of us. That's why I and contacted I'm not even him from first. Utah. That's why I contacted him first. Out of all the people, he's the first one I contacted. Okay, he's the first person I contacted. Somebody who are you a member of Safada? Are you a member of Tasa? Are you a member of the vaping militia? What is it, Tony, that you have done to save vaping in the state of Utah? Can you tell me that? To make sure that you have I'll, the right to put on this event next year, what have you done? I have the right because I'm a business owner, and I promote events. I can do any event I want. That's my right. And trying to help the local, the local guys, if they want help, it's not a bad thing. They're putting me back on the air in a few minutes. You know, if I wanna, if I, if I wanna do an event and make it progress and be part of the community, like you said, I'm new to the community, yeah. But for three months to four months, I've been talking to Aaron. I've been talking to all these guys about doing this event. It hasn't been yesterday. I just came up with it and say, oh yeah, fuck it, let's do this. No, I've been doing it for a while now, and nobody, and and the response I got. And the response I got was I will say it was positive. Excuse me. The response that I got was very positive from those people. It was, yeah, let's do this, let's do a good thing, let's do everything, blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, 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 let's do this. Then I get told in one event that I'm gonna be hated. I'm like, Well, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to do business. I'm here to help whoever wants to make money. Um, You know, if you wanna make money and you wanna go ahead. No, I, I I just wanted to thank uh, caller in uh, from the great state of Wyoming, young lady. Um, thank you thank for you, Russ, no, thank you, thank you for calling in. I'd I'd keep you on longer, but the the, the switchboards lit up straight down the page, so I'm just gonna move oh, no. on. Just light so, it up, Russ. Yeah, we love you. Hey, happy vaping, everybody. Love you too. <laughs> okay, caller, uh, caller on the four three five area code. You're on the air. Hello. You are on the air, sir. All right. Well, first off, okay, my name's Braxton. Everyone's going to know who I am because I don't hold back on people. To start with, you've offended 90% of this damn community, bro. I don't give a fuck who you are or what you do, okay? This is my family, my community. You want to promote an event, but you're openly going to sit there calling people out, stepping on them to on the internet when no one wants to come to your damn event. Seriously? How does that work? That's your opinion. Hello? If you guys guys don't want to do the event, that's fine with me. Don't do the event. I'll do a different event. I'll do another event. 
I mean, you no, know, really, the guys. thing is, dude, you have, no, you have seriously upset 90% of this community, okay? I don't have any ties to anybody. But you will seriously sit there and step on everybody's toes and then cry when no one comes to your planning. Who's going to come to your planning when you openly disrespect 90% of our community and you've honestly said how many times you're in it for the money? Oh, my God. You're right. You know what? You ho- you've money. openly said you're it, right. and it's you're on right. Facebook. You're exactly. Right. You're, you're right. a fucking you're piece you're of shit. Right. That's all you are, dude. You want to disrespect these people and openly call oh. people out and then cry when no one comes to your event. You know what? I did it after the fact, okay? So... So, like I told Good. you, you like did it. It doesn't matter, matter when you did it. Well, you still fucking did it. Dude. Get your facts straight. Get your facts straight. You even told me that unless I'm a business owner or a juice maker, you don't want nothing to do with me. So oh, how does that work? That, oh, you're the guy that. Yeah, I'm the fucking guy. I'm brass and ask around about me, motherfucker. Ground with what? Ground with what? You can't even reply to a message. You don't want to. If you're not a juice maker and you're not a manufacturer, you want nothing to do with anyone. If they can't pay your fee, you don't want nothing to do with anybody. That's what I said because I didn't even talk to you. Okay? I didn't even talk. Oh, you didn't talk to me? Hey, Russ, you want to tell everyone about those messages you've seen? I'm the one that the message got sent to you from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, the messages you sent me that I ignored you at the event. And that I didn't pay attention to you? What no, you actually, you've never even met me, man. Because if you met me, I would have set you in your place then. You've never met me. Ever. Ever. But you want to step on this community's toes and then complain when no one shows you your event. I told I'm you. You need to look at the way you're, you're going at this, man. You're completely I'm wrong. Not stepping on the community's you can't toes, disrespect okay? the community and start shit and then cry. I'm not ste- I'm not and send your little minions to make videos. Oh, my minions. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah you're all minions. You know exactly who I'm talking about. I don't have any minions, Bubba. Just letting you know. Okay. Okay, you, you have minions. just you've destroyed your reputation, dude. You have no fucking go with 90% of this community because of the way you treated and the way you acted. Okay? that That's flat out. You will never get the support you need, ever. You went about it completely wrong. All you wanted to do was disrespect people and call people out and stuff on everyone's toes. This is my family. This is my community, okay? I have no ties to UTSFA or anyone, but they're my family. They have fought for me to do what I love, to keep me off of cigarettes. And you want to openly disrespect that and tell people you're in it for the money and then get mad when no one shows up to your event planning. How about you get the, the, the sequence of events correctly? Because everybody keeps on saying that I disrespect everybody first, and then I ask for the money and all this other it stuff. It doesn't matter when you did it, bro. You did it. Okay, but listen to the vid- listen to the video again. I said to make everybody money. So so how about yeah, this? I'm how about okay? No, me. what's the big deal, Lonnie? So, what's so, the big deal? I'm making okay. fucking money. So hang on a sec, guys. How about this? Obviously, I mean, Tony, you can obviously hear people are really upset with you know, some of the things you've said and, and, and all that. So here they're all listening. Apparently, uh, I, I guess there's an opportunity here for you to apologize for some of the things you did. If you feel that you do owe some people an apology, I guess now would be a good time to do it. I think I did it in one of my, in my video, in my last video, well, I said, you know, I apologize to all of you. I didn't mean to disrespect the whole community that wasn't the that wasn't my intent at all okay russ 
it wasn't my intent at all to disrespect the whole community or anything like that. But, you know, when you start doing planning and you start doing a lot of things with people and then their word is back down and then I find out information about them on certain things, you know, it could be hearsay or whatever. Yeah, I was angry at the moment. I was. I will admit that. I was angry at the moment and I probably should have been a lot more professional. Okay, you know, so and I think so you agree with me on that. I, I, I hear, been a little bit more professional. I, I hear what you're saying, Tony, and it, it, it's it, it's certainly one thing you you just said that you you apologize to the community. But is are there any individuals that you want to apologize to now? I'll I'll give you the opportunity. Well, Aaron Fraser has done a lot of things for the community. I I do agree on that, and you know I might have uh, gone overboard on it, and and you know I, I mean he's not. For the little bit I've talked to him, he doesn't seem like a bad person or anything like that. Um, and I might have overspoken a little bit. You know, whether, I mean, I might have gone with comments of people that have given me from stores and everything. And, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm 100% wrong. I'm not 100% right either. You know, but it's kind of, you know, it, it, it's kind of messed up that, Everybody thinks I'm throwing it in their faces. I'm not. That wasn't my intent at all. And that's why people are not listening to me. I'm not throwing anything in their face. I mean, I go to multiple shops here and buy stuff and everything. And, you know, I love all the community. I love everybody. I have no problem with anybody. I want to help the community. I want to be there for them if they need me. Okay. You know, and I have started the Vapor, the, the vapor Council before. And Eric was one of the first that said that he liked it. You know, I was like, cool, not a problem. And this was a little bit back, you know. And, and like I said, you know, I, if, I, if I overreacted, my, my intent was not to offend everybody. It wasn't. Okay. Well, I hear what you're saying, Tony. And, uh, well, some people might take that as an apology and, and some people might not. Um, the, the board is still kind of uh, lit up, so I'm going to move along. Thanks for your call, Braxton. Okay. Can, can I say one more thing real quick? Okay. Okay. Dude, it, you, what you don't realize, this is more than a community. This is our family, man. You mess with one, you mess with us all, and you cross the line. There ain't no taking that back no matter how much you apologize. This is my family, and I will stand by them till the day it's over. And th th that's it. Dude. There's no way getting around that. You fucked up. Thanks, Ross. Appreciate the time, man. Thanks for the call. Um, moving on to another caller in the 801 area code, 801-503. Uh, you're on the air. Uh, I'm sorry, 801-694. You're on the air. Caller in the 801 area code 694 exchange going once. Yep, yep, here. Oh, there you are. <laughs> yep. Welcome. Hey, uh, appreciate appreciate you uh, having us on this evening. and um, I just wanted to uh, take a couple minutes and, and uh, kind of right a wrong that was made this evening. Um, <clears throat> Tony, my name's Mike Seeley. I'm part of the UTSFA. Okay. I made the phone. I made the phone call to Sandy City. Okay. I'm the one to talk to you. Okay. And when I talked to you, I told you that I called on behalf of the UTSFA. I did not call pretending to be you. Why are you lying? No, I'm not lying. That's what they told me there. No, I called saying that I was a member of the UTSFA, what we stood for, and that we were protecting the industry. Wanted to make sure that everything was on the up and up. 
Okay, then the guy that you spoke to, you should talk, call him back because he went to his boss and his boss told me. And I was like, okay, okay but nobody should. That's why I called you so so not happy because you made that call. And I was like, dude, don't misrepresent yourself. You know, okay. and you said, no, I didn't mean to do that. That wasn't what I did. And I'm like, okay, cool. Just to be just to be perfectly clear, Mike, let me just ask you a point blank. When when you went and talked to these people, did you say that you are Tony Montanez or did you say um, I'm Mike and I'm sorry, I forgot your last name? I told them I was Mike Seeley with UTS. And, and I didn't go down to person. I called them and I and I specifically told them that uh, all I was doing is checking to make sure that, that there was no zoning issues that uh, there was any permits that needed to be um, gotten for this for this event to make sure that that any members or anybody in the industry is is protected from legal action because that's what we're all about. We're all about protecting the industry and advocacy and making sure that we can keep doing what we love doing. You know, Aaron pulled me into this as as a uh, as a consumer member. Um, just, just, just last year in, in November, uh, and and it's something that I have a passion for. I love. We're not getting paid a dime for what we do. We do it because we love it, and we love the people in the community. And it's people like you, Tony, that are screwing it up, and that really pisses us off. Point so, taken, Mike. I, I, just, I just, I just wanted to, call, I just wanted to call and right the wrong. I appreciate okay, that. Well, how many times have we spoken? Once. We spoke That's once, it. and I told you exactly when we spoke what I did. I apologize for calling before talking to you before I called. But I didn't call and pretend to be you. I didn't call to pretend and be an associate of yours. That's the way they took it. Well, but we had that conversation, yet you're still lying. How am I still... No. Obviously, no, there's just... there's been a misunderstanding somewhere, but, um, you know, yeah. uh, so... Thank you for calling in and making it clear on uh, exactly what you did. Well, I appreciate the time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, moving. Good moving on. Thanks for calling in, Mike. Uh, moving on. Uh, caller. Let's see. Uh, in the four three five area code, you're on the air. Caller. Can you hear me? I certainly can. Hey, this is Dick Kai. Uh, Ninety seconds. Tony Ignore that. Who I am. Okay. I'm sorry, what was your what was your name again? It's Dick Ty. Okay, go right ahead, sir. And uh, I just, I I run a group in Utah that is very well known. There is never any drama in the group. Um, Tony mentioned something about clicks that I was very offended by because there is seconds. multiple groups. Um, I also came together with all the other groups in Utah. These are Facebook groups. And we got categorized as cliques. We are not cliques. We are one big family. I've been wanting to specify that with you, Tony. Um, another thing, I did not show up to your planning. Yes, I'm the one that mentioned that it was a bad date, but when I met you at the grand opening, I caught a very different vibe. The vibe that I caught was not a good one. I'm sorry to say that. I'll be point blank with you. But what really crossed it, 
as you know, and many people know, I just started a juice line. Ten seconds. There's been mention of people that you are associated with, and you can't deny it, that you are associated with them. They mentioned that we are greedy as juice makers. I just want to clarify something with my personal juice company. I started it so I can give back to the community. So with what I do is to give back to the community. Now, why do you ask why I would do something like that? Because I love this vape fam very, very much. They have been there. I can call any of them at any time of day or night and they will be there. What you have said to this community, you have disgraced us all. Even if it's shots fired at one person, Tony, and I'm not disrespecting you at all. I'm just giving you my honest opinion because you can tell everybody I have not fired one shot back to you or anything. That's true. I've been, That's true. I've been, I've been, I've talked to you. I wanted to help you. So I'm just I'm just letting you know that I've just stayed kind of neutral. But what how you went about this? I'm sorry, Tony, but you you I can't say I'm sorry. I want to thank you because for one thing, you brought all of us vapors from all the different groups closer together. And I just want to thank you and that's the main reason for my call is I appreciate that you got us all reminded that we are all one big family. Yes, we might have different names, but guess what? I'm part of every group in this valley, and I will stick behind every group. We started one group, United We Vape. A lot of people stuck with it. Some people fell off, but guess what? Any person can call me at any time, and I will be there for them. Same with me. That's how you should have came about it. That's how we get respect. Well, and that's how this family is, and that's all I needed to say to you. Well, hey, listen, it sounds like you found a silver lining there, so good on you for that. Um, thanks for your call. Hey, I got them united. <laughs> they hate me. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, the, uh, the, 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 the phone lines are shut down to any new callers, but we do still have one more hanging on from uh, 408, area code 408, you're on the air. Uh, if you can hear me, I'm driving and listening. I don't have anything to say. Oh, okay, no problem. Enjoy the ride. Drive safe. Cheers. Um. Okay, I think uh, I think Tad has like one has one more thing to say before we wrap this up. Are you there, sir? Yeah, yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, no problem. Uh, do you want to close this out? Okay, great. Any, any last thoughts? Yeah, I'll go ahead and close it out. Um, Tony, I'm just curious about, and we've already touched on this a little bit, what, with some of the the other people. I mean, you were attacking people left and right. I mean, I'm looking at messages right here that's just some, some pretty nasty stuff, dude. Um, let me, for example... Uh, multiple instances of telling people to kiss your ass. Uh, here's one I quote. Wow, you have a lot to say. Why don't you say it to my face, fag? End quote. Uh, I mean, I guess I'm just curious where you get off talking to people like that. Uh, where do they get off talking to me the way they did? You're not reading their messages. Why don't you read their messages out loud? 
Well, I can't read their messages oh, oh, because I, you deleted oh. the majority of them. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So, so they can talk to me whichever way they want, but I can't respond back in kind. I'm sorry. So, I will. I'm going to defend myself. And so if you're going to make you're, threats, you're, I don't just, threat to me. You're feeling picked on? Is that the case here? Oh, I don't care if you pick on me, but I will pick back. I'm not going to sit here and be quiet and be like, okay. No, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, man, I mean, let if, me just... If let you're me... going to curse me out, if you're going to curse me out, I don't have a problem with a person cursing me out. Let, let me just me tell, you this, tell you this. This, this community is not for you. I think it's best that you just step back and just kind of end your relationship with the community. Oh, uh, okay. Your opinion. So, I just no, that's not an opinion. That's, I mean, well, I guess you could call it an opinion, but I guarantee that there's probably a couple hundred other people, maybe a thousand people that share that opinion. Okay. So yeah, I just don't think it's for you. I don't think you got any support left, so you might just want to bow out while you're ahead, bud. Nah. Okay. All right. Well, Russ, that's all I got, bud. <laughs> okay, thanks, Ted. Um, so Tony, listen, I just, I just. Listen, first of all, um, I've been doing the show a long time. There have been things like this before where, you know, people are mad. And, and sometimes the people, you know, whoever's, you know, people just hang up. They, they don't want to do it or they won't even come on to begin with. So you got balls. I'll give you that for uh, for coming on and for sticking through that. Um, you know, I took every call. I was, you know, hoping, you know, that pe other people on the other side who might, be taking your side would, would call him, but that, that didn't happen. That, that being said, no, it happens. yeah, that, that being said, without even saying who's right or wrong in any of this, when you're relatively new to something and you're trying to get, you know, a group that's been around for a while and you're, you're trying to do something new, um, th there's no rule against that. And, you know, everyone started somewhere, but I guess, if I could give you some advice, you, you catch more flies with honey, you know, and uh, maybe try that or, you know, I, I don't know. But certainly when it gets to the point, I'm not I'm not defending anyone who might have threatened you. I, I, I don't know if that happened or not. Um, but, you know, when you attack someone's e either race or sexual orientation, that's 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 not going to go over well. Um, it's probably never a good idea. You know what I mean? And, and I agree with that. I, I totally agree with you. But, I mean, the same way I was attacked. So, I mean, I got to defend myself, and I'm not going to sit here. And I got thick skin. I, it's not like I don't have thick skin. I mean, I didn't survive the military as long as I did without having a little bit of thick skin. But, come on, people. I mean, you know, I understand that they're offended by what I said about Aaron Frazier. And, you know, I mean, I apologize for it. I do. You know, I, I, I jumped the gun, and... I have my reasons why I jumped the gun. They don't know the reasons why, and that's fine. Instead of asking me, hey, why would you jump the gun like that and letting me explain why, you know, they all, oh, Eric Frazier is, is the main guy here. Hold on. We got to defend him. And I understand loyalty, man. I mean, I'm impressed with the loyalty he has. And if one thing that I did was bring everybody, like Dick Ty said, you know, together, even stronger, then I did my job. Well, you can hate me for it, but you know what? Y'all love each other more now, and now probably you guys will all gang up together. And without me, it doesn't have to be with me. Do an event, 
they'll be successful, they'll be beautiful, they'll be great. And, uh, you know, that, that's about it. I mean, it, it brought them all together. Now, hopefully now that, that unity will last forever and they can go ahead and, and, and move on into something great. Well, maybe. You know, I tried to be a, a part of it. It didn't work out, and that's okay. Well, maybe you're right. And you know what? Like I said, the beginning of the conversation when you, when you first came on, my reaction was, wow, this, this guy is clearly very capable of being a nice, respectful guy. So I, it's clearly in you. Um, you know, maybe sometimes when, you know, when people are disrespectful to you, like even if it, whether they initiate or not, you know, take the high road or, or better yet, you know, maybe it's a good idea, you know, step away from the keyboard for, for a minute and just, you know, think of a way to take the high road, catch more flies with honey, what, however you want to look at it. Um, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know that you're a bad guy. Um, I, I know, I know that you can be a nice, respectful guy. You proved that tonight, but then there were some other things that I saw that were to the contrary. I don't know. Maybe just, uh, I don't know, figure out, figure out what brings out the best in you is the best, like is the best advice I could give you the best, honest, you know, tr trying to help you out advice. You know what I mean? No, I understand. I understand. And, you know, I might get a little bit riled up sometimes. You know, you can't take the army out of somebody, I guess. And, you know, I, again, I apologize for that. Um, and if I was okay. rude in your show, I do apologize, Russ. I didn't mean to be rude to anybody on your show. They probably, I mean, I got to the point where I exploded. And I know I exploded a couple of times and I tried to bite my tongue. Um, and... You know, I, I apologize to you for that. I shouldn't have disrespected your show that way if I did. No, no, that's no, fine. Listen, Tony, I honestly wish you the best. And um, maybe, you know, you wouldn't be the first person in this community to maybe have made a mistake and turn it around and, and make something good of it. And honestly, that's what I hope for. Well, if, if anybody out there wants to, again, you know, I... If you guys want me to truly apologize to Aaron Frazier, I'll write him a letter. I'll apologize to him if that's what it takes. My intent was not to offend the community as a whole. Um, it wasn't. It, it truly wasn't. You know, um, just because I'm pissed at one guy and, um, you know, I'm a little bit of a ass towards one person, don't take that like that's just me towards everybody because it's not. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I can't be a nice guy. I could be an asshole sometimes, definitely. <laughs> I agree on that. But definitely I could be overzealous sometimes and jump the gun, you know. And it's, yeah. and I think that's my problem because I, I expect more from people. And when they don't do not do what 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 is said, it kind of, you know, it, I feel uh, disrespected myself. I understand. And I think that's what happened. Yeah. with uh, Aaron and, uh, and the people that I mentioned. And uh, Mark Montgomery also I want to mention, I'm sorry to him. I didn't mean to put him anywhere or disrespect him in any way, shape, or form either. You mm -hmm. know, Dick Ty, I mean, like I said, I'm sorry that he felt that way when he saw me. I mean, probably because I wasn't dressed normally like, you know, everybody else. I was in a suit, so mm -hmm. that could have been a bad impression. You know, yeah. and uh, hey, um, I hope everybody does well. I hope everybody gets you know, what they want, and uh, I'm here if anybody needs my help. I don't care if it's Aaron Frazier, Dick Ty, anybody needs help with anything. 
truly and honestly, if you want my help with anything, you could call me. You know, I'll be I'll be here. Okay. And I mean, even if it's to curse me out, <laughs> <laughs> you know, go ahead, let it out. Yeah. I did, and I apologize. So, man, if you want to, if you know, Aaron, if you if you're listening and you want to just chew me a new one, <laughs> hey, then let's shake hands and move on from there. Well, maybe but, that maybe that'll happen, but all. but um, thank you, thank you very much for agreeing to come on tonight, and uh, I honestly do wish you the best, Tony. Have a good night. Thank you so much, sir. All Appreciate right. it. Good night. Bye take bye. take it easy. There he goes, everybody. Okay. Um. So how about this? How about now I do something uh, just grossly inappropriate after <laughs> that, whatever that was. Um. Yeah. Sometimes people call me and try to sell me stuff, and sometimes they get mad at me. 